0: Good morning. Today is Wednesday morning, October 7th, 2020. This Sunday is Simchas Torah, the day that we end the reading of the yearly cycle of the Torah and we begin again. Now the Torah is many things. It is narratives, it is mitzvos, it is a textbook of beliefs and values. But it is also the story of a man, Moshe. And the story that is told of Moshe is a man who is very great, who sacrifices for his people, who leads his people, and throughout his entire life strives for one goal, which is to reach the land of Israel, that is his lifelong ambition. And he fails. Franz Kafka wrote, Moshe is on the track of Israel all his life. It is incredible that he should see the land only on the verge of death. And this is intended to illustrate how incomplete a moment is human life. Moshe fails to enter Israel, not because his life is too short, but because it is a human life. There's a great book. If you have not read it, I urge you to read it. It is a biography of Moshe, and it is titled Moses, and it looks at the Torah as a biography, as telling the story of Moshe. Because throughout the book of Devarim, the fifth book of the Torah, we see Moshe mostly making speeches to the Jewish people in the days and weeks leading up to his death, and He is teaching them. He is inspiring them. He is preparing the people for the transformation from life in the desert to life living in the land of Israel. And it is necessary that everybody hear him tell this because this is what they need to hear. But what is also curious, especially in this last section of the Torah, is that the inner life of Moshe as a man, as a person, comes into higher relief. It is the part of the Torah where he for the first time describes in first person what the experience means to him. In particular, the moment that is most personal And most revelatory is the moment where God listens to Moshe because Moshe says, I have a request. And Moshe asks to be allowed to enter the land of Israel, notwithstanding God's decision not to allow that. And God refuses. And I pleaded, Moshe says, I pleaded with God, saying, You, God, you have shown me your greatness, you have shown me your power, you have shown me what force and energy you have. Hatov Allow me to cross over. Allow me to go onto the other side of the Jordan, into the land of Israel. The beautiful land that you promised, towards which we've all been traveling these 40 years, and longer than 40 years, throughout the entire history of the Jewish people in Israel. Our dream has been to reach Israel. Change your mind. Let me in. God refuses and does not listen to Moshe and says to Moshe, Ravlach, Altosev daber Od Don't speak to me about this again. You asked, I told you no. Don't ask again. The answer is now and will always be no. Now, what I want to share with you is partially based on this book by Aviva Zornberg, this incredible book titled Moses, a biography, where she brings Moshe as a human being to life. There is an inconsistency in this passage. Earlier, when the entire Jewish people sinned with the golden calf, Moshe was successful in prayer for forgiveness for them. That's how we got Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was the completion, the expression of the fact that God did accept Moshe's prayers for forgiveness of the Jewish people. But here, for just a single sin, and remember, you know, The sin of hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock, which God mentions, we don't exactly understand what it is. Why is it so bad? But, I mean, that's the whole reason? That's it? That should be a reason that Moshe fails in his life's quest? But the main question is, why is it written down? Why is it part of the Torah's record? This was a private conversation between Moshe and God I prayed to God it was a personal request it had nothing to do with the Jewish people. the Jewish people were taken care of they had a leader to take them in. Yehoshua, Joshua had already been selected. this was a private conversation so why does Moshe feature this private, personally revelatory conversation that he had with God that went so bad? Why does he include it in his speech to the entire Jewish people at the end of his life that everybody should know for all time? And then why does God decide that that speech should be included in the Torah, that we will study every single year? and not just remain a private conversation between God and Moshe. There had to have been thousands of private conversations between God and Moshe about which we know nothing. What is gained by communicating and by us knowing this private moment of failure, of humiliation? So, I want to share with you something that I learned from a woman that I work with, a remarkable woman. Her name is Keshet Star. I've mentioned her name to some of you. Keshet is now the director of an organization in New York called ORA, which is an organization devoted to helping women who are stuck in an abusive marriage where their husbands are not willing to grant them a get, a Jewish divorce and the organization works to assist these women in order to be able to achieve Jewish divorce get, under those terrible circumstances. Keshet is in New York, and she and I often work on cases together. As you know, I've shared with you before, this subject is a large part of my life, and uh, uh, Keshet is someone that I admire. She's a remarkable, wonderful person, and, She has great success in this area, and it's tough. There are setbacks. It is emotional, and she has the fortitude to do this work. And I'm very proud to be a person who, from time to time, partners with her in the work that we do. So Keshet made the following insight. You know, marriage is strange. A relationship can be so loving, so intimate, so powerful, and then it can transform, sometimes gradually, sometimes suddenly, and become something that is so destructive, so explosive, so filled with rage, with hate, with spite, How can it be that something is so extreme in one area of love and intimacy and kindness and compassion and forgiveness can transform into something of equal or even greater extreme of anger and hate and spite? How can that be? So one reason, Keshet explains, is that in order to build a close relationship with someone, you have to show your vulnerabilities with, for example, your spouse. When you're in love, when you're falling in love, you let your guard down. Your spouse knows things about you no one else knows. The best points and the worst points, and that's necessary that we let down our guard with those who are closest to us so that we can truly get to know each other, so that we can truly connect and love each other. Because we can't love a facade of someone. We have to love the person with their good points and their not yet good points, with their highlights and their shortcomings. That's the only way to create a strong relationship and when, God forbid, it goes bad, everything that you have revealed becomes a weapon that can be used against you. Out of love, spouses or partners can wound each other like no one else in the world because you know my weak points. You know just where to figuratively slip the blade in between the bones and twist it for maximum pain. Again, figuratively. But when the love and support is strong, sharing vulnerability, letting your weaknesses show, is essential to building closeness and love. The greatest gift I can give you in the process of our coming to love each other is to trust you with my vulnerability and weakness because I know at that moment I know what harm you could do to me with it. And that trust that I'm willing to reveal it becomes the basis of intimacy and then love. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out that the most central lesson that Moshe's story tells us is that for each of us, there is a river we will not cross, a promised land we will not enter, and a destination we will not reach. Even the greatest life like Moshe's is an unfinished symphony. And that's why it needs to be public. We need to know this because Moshe's death on the far side of the Jordan is a lesson. It is a consolation for all of us. None of us should feel guilty or frustrated or angry or defeated that there are things we hoped to achieve but did not. That is what it means to be human. Nor, says Rabbi Sachs, should we be haunted by our mistakes. I'm just going to repeat that for myself. I'm sure you heard it the first time, but I need to hear that a second time. Nor should we be haunted by our mistakes. That's why the Torah tells us that Moshe sinned. It tells us that Moshe sinned because that is what it means to be human. What makes a person great is not that they were perfect, but that they kept going, that they learn from their error, that they refuse to give up hope. The greatest gift that only failure can grant, and that's humility. That is what we gain through failure. Moshe teaches us the greatness is about getting up every morning and walking one more day toward the Promised Land even though you know you may never get there, but knowing that you also helped others get there. The lesson that Moshe teaches us at the very end of his life is that Moshe was mortal that the greatest leader who ever lived did not see his mission completed, that even he was capable of a mistake, this is the most profound gift God could give each of us. There was a novel called The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. I recommend it to you. And... One of the characters is Ruby, a young woman who becomes a performer on stage, a comedian. Her family was not thrilled at that choice of career. In the very end of the novel, Her father says to her, why did you choose this? And she says, because I bring people so much joy. And she thinks back to her mother who had also been a performer and maybe a disappointment to some of her traditional family. But Ruby remembers the four words that her mother would always say to herself before every show. Before every show, a practice that Ruby herself continued as she performed, before every show she would whisper to herself looking at the audience before she began, I love you all. That is how Moshe ends his work and his life with his innermost feelings including his greatest vulnerability failing at his ultimate personal life goal, by showing that to us, by allowing us to benefit from hearing that from him, Moshe is ending his life figuratively with those words. He is saying to us, I love you all. And that's how the Torah ends with Moshe saying to every one of us, to me and to you, I love you all. That is the story of Moshe. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, a safe day, a day of outer and more importantly, inner strength. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.